Happy Hump Day, everybody. This is Nick, and I'm here with Vicky, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades Podcast. This is episode 328, and we'll be giving you the latest Disney news, rumors, and some history. But before we get started, we would like to encourage you to check out our friends at WaltExpress.com for Disney deals, tips, tricks, and all things Disney. You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. It's super califragilistic, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Be guess. Relax. And get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So, grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem. All right, so I'm going to kick us off, Vicky, and I'm talking about shareholders. Both Disney and Fox set to vote on a $71 billion offer. So let's Not check out, cash, though. Let's check out this news story. So according, I believe this came from the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, don't beat me up if I'm wrong. I believe that's where this came from. So according to filings with securities and securities and exchange commission, both the Walt Disney company and 21st century Fox have scheduled shareholder meetings on July 27th. So it's coming up just right around the corner where the $71 billion purchase of much of Fox's assets will be voted on. This comes a day after Disney received an antitrust approval from the U S department of justice. That is the DOJ. For everyone out there for the acquisition originally fox had scheduled a shareholder meeting on july 10th to vote on disney's offer but after comcast submitted the 65 billion counter offer that vote was delayed disney has since reported with their current offer and the vote has been rescheduled so the deal would give disney control of 20 20th century fox studios and assets fx networks national geographic partners 30 percent interest in hulu and 39% interest in the European media company called Sky. I don't know if you've, you've... I know you've heard of that, Vicky. I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube or you've seen it on TV or whatnot. I'm not familiar with Sky. Look it up on YouTube. It's interesting. Plus other international operations. Disney would be required to sell off the Fox Sports regional networks, though. Both meetings are scheduled for July 27th in New York at 10 a.m. at the New York Hilton. Which is just this Friday. Yep, yep. My first piece of news is that the former Festival of the Lion King performer is suing Disney for discrimination. And I was really sad. Did you see this this week? I did, and I love these type of news stories. So, I know, but this one made me sad. But anyway, a former Disney cast member who had performed at the Disney's Animal Kings Festival of the Lion King, sorry, is alleging that the company fired her during her pregnancy. 
Um, she's the one, if anybody's seen this show that's a listener, she's the blue bird that does all the stuff that swings around and everything with her husband. Since 2013. Right. So her name is Krista Crowder, and she filed this suit because she said that she went on leave on November the 15th. And after she, because she went, became pregnant with twins, sorry. She gave birth in June of 2016. She says she later received a letter of determination on June 20th of that same year and was asked to audition for her role that she'd already been playing, which is just weird. So according to the lawsuit, the audition requirement was against Disney Parks protocol, which should have only required a costume fit and a rehearsal. Well, I know... You're constantly, I mean, not rehearsing, competing against others, like every six months to a year. I know, like, for Indiana Jones, Stunt Spectacular, that role as Indy is being um, auditioned yearly. So they're constantly bidding that job out. Whoever can perform better ends up, you know, gets it. See, I didn't realize that. I thought once you got the job, as long as you were performing to Disney standards, that you got to keep it. So... From what I understand, uh, just from, you know, watching a lot of YouTube videos on cast members that talk about the Disney way and things like that, especially the ones that perform on stage, about every six months to a year, uh, they start preparing uh, to audition and they hold auditions, uh, auditions annually. Now, I don't know if they do for the Nemo or not Nemo. What was this? Lion Festival King. of Lion King. But I know for some other shows they do, and, and I and I think it may be the same mold. Not totally sure, one hundred percent. But I know they they audition quite frequently. I just I think it's weird, um, only because I have seen shows other than Festival of the Lion King, like you just mentioned, Finding Nemo musical. That has been the same. The Nemo character has been the same person and the person that plays the dad. And I lost his name now. I went right out of my head. And Dory. Those all three have been the same for sure that I know about. I know okay. some of the other ones have changed out, but. Uh, those are distinct, and you can tell that they're the same person. So anyway, back to the story. In October 2016, Crowder auditioned after she lost the 60 pounds that she had gained during her pregnancy, but she was still told that she was no longer needed. And so a Disney spokesperson told the Sentinel, we have a long-standing policy against workplace discrimination. We will respond to the allegations appropriate in court. So currently, she is now singing at Universal Orlando Resort, which to Disney is a slap in the face. I mean, they could have at least found her a job somewhere else and one of the parks people switch it's it's amazing though people do switch back and forth frequently as well well uh, i'm sure they have to keep their job so losing 60 pounds that's amazing that's that's tough right you know dropping 60 pounds of Probably weight after having a baby diet. that's insane but i mean there, there's motivation though you know right to go back into the role that you once had can i stay on the topic of um, lawsuits. Oh, sure. You have okay. another one? So I'm sure you saw this as well, and our listeners may have seen this in the news. There's a lady, so here's the headline. Woman who brings her service dogs to the parks is now suing. <laughs> yes, I did see this. because This I was funny. Put, I picked this out intentionally because I knew you, you love a good lawsuit. The Walt Disney Parks and Resorts Parks. Love how I say that. Parks. No. The Walt Disney Parks and Resorts allow a dog or a miniature horse within the theme parks. Horse? Huh? Is that new? This is this is just what the story says. This is the Orlando Sentinel. I'm reading straight from the Orlando Sentinel right now. Okay. So I, I'm sure there's some sarcasm there. Okay. Within the theme parks and at the resorts if the animal is trained to aid the owner's disability. So we're talking about just dis- dogs uh, that service dogs. Right. Know, that aid people with disabilities. 
According to the Orlando Sentinel, which is what I'm reading right here, a woman who has epilepsy and migraines has filed a lawsuit in Orlando federal court this week alleging discrimination and retaliation by Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. The woman, Susan Grill, claims that the cast members, Disney security, and managers harass her when she brings her dogs to the parks. Grill is suing uh, to mandate that the court gives her an order protecting her from harassment when bringing her dogs on Disney property. The lawsuit also is seeking compensation damages and attorney fees. So this lady, she often walks around Disney property with a small a group of white poodles who are labeled with service animal vests. So they're wearing vests that say service dog. I'm sure you've seen this. You yes. Know, when you're on your trips, I see it all the time. Grill claims that uh, she uses Disney property to train the animals to deal with crowds. Okay? Right. So she's she's using Disney properties to train. Yes. So she doesn't have her own training facility. And she's not paying Disney any money to do it. Right. So keep that in the back of your noggin. She needs her own training facility. She's using Disney's. A Disney spokeswoman addressed Grill's lawsuit saying, This person's complaints were already reviewed by the Florida Commission on Human Rights, which found that no unlawful practice occurred. In May 2017, Susan Grill filed a complaint with the Florida Commission on Human Rights after she was walking her dogs around Disney Springs and was faced with two Disney security guards, telling her that she could not train her dogs on Disney property. Grill claims uh, an Orange County deputy sheriff then asked to see paperwork to prove if the dogs were in fact service animals and not, you know, fake. So uh, some people may just slap, you know, because anyone can slap a service dog vest sure. on, a, on a dog and no one's going to question, right? Not these days. Right. This uh, confrontation between Grill and the Disney security eventually led to a Disney uh, Springs manager telling her that she could stay. So they're willing to work with her. Okay, you can stay, but that she was uh, that she could not return in the future with her dog. So you can say this time, Susan, but not not next time. When Grill became uh, began arguing that this policy wasn't reasonable, the manager told her to leave immediately, as any manager would do. Vicky, since this confrontation, Grill claims she still deals with problems when visiting the parks with her service animals. Well, for one thing, a service animal, it's usually Uno animal, one. But she's coming with two and three poodles. And yes. they're not, they're full-size poodles. Is that why you think they put horse in the article? Cause I, I know, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking there's some sarcasm. Because the poodles that they were showing were the full-size poodle. Not a little miniature toy poodle like we had when I was, you know, growing up. But a full-size dog... I think that they have a right to tell her no. Right. So we've read the facts. Here comes my opinion. Okay. Right? Can't wait. Uh, like I've, I read some, you know, some of the comments on this uh, article, and people were saying, "I agree with them. You can slap a vest on any dog and walk in, right?" Which is a big no-no anyway. I feel this person has created this, you know, mess. Yeah. <laughs> Susan Grill uh, has. Uh, created this whole mess by bringing her dogs in and not having a training facility for herself, utilizing some other means to train the dogs. It's not her property, so she brings them into the parks, apparently, and Disney Springs. You would think, I mean, you go anywhere else and train your dogs, you have to pay for it, right? Right. It's not like she's paying Disney to... Use their facilities. Exactly, to train her dogs, and Disney would never allow that, right? I honestly don't get it. Uh, she, she claims that she's trying to train her dogs to be um, acclimated to bigger and larger crowds. There's crowds all over right. Florida. Walk your dogs and go walk your dog on the sidewalk, right? Or on the beach. Exactly. Um, but you can't do that because then the dog might yeah, do right, you on the sand. Right. But anyway. She's covered up with some sand. But I almost feel like, so here she is getting angry that she's told to leave and she feels like she's still being harassed. Here's my thing, Susan, if you're listening. You created this mess. That's my own opinion. Right. You created this mess. 
not Disney. So I'm not saying you deserve what you get, but you reap what you sow. Yeah, you don't take on a job training a dog, offering your services to do so using somebody else's property. Like I wouldn't think that I was going to get a dog and go to Nick's house and train it because Nick doesn't want any pets. So he would be a little... (laughs) Well, no, I'm, ju- I'm being serious. No, you're right. I-, I wouldn't come and bring my dog over there and potty train my dog at your house because I think that's my right. That's the same thing. So I wonder, is, I have some questions. Does this lady have a business that she runs where she trains dogs for people who need service dogs? Well, that's what it seemed like in the article. Or, um, and, and poodles are super smart, so I don't yeah. know if she trains specifically just poodles. Or are these poodles simply her personal dogs? And if so, if they're service dogs, they should already be serviced, right? Like, they should already know how to deal with crowds. Right. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting was not only um, that, but they cause a scene wherever they go because she dyes their hair bright colors. Oh, so she does. So I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yes. In my article, there was a picture and she, like, put some dye in their, like, their blue and their pink so that they stand out. So, of course, that's going to cause a little bit of a ruckus because, you know, kids are going to say, there's a pink dye. So what I know of service dogs, now I've only seen them with, I don't know if these people I've seen have been, you know, former military or whatnot, but I do know of my friends who need service working dogs, sure. right? That have been in the military. You, One thing I know for sure right off the, the bat, you do not want to draw attention. No. So that has me really scratching my head now at this point, Vicky, knowing that. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I thought that was... You're going to have people, you're going to draw, people are going to be attracted to it. You're going to draw attention. People are going to want to go over to the poodle. That's what I'm saying. And pet it, which they're not supposed to pet a service animal. Right. But you you don't want to, you don't want to gain uh, any, you don't want to attract anyone. When you have a service dog, it's, it's, it's it's as if they're not there. Right. It's like they're invisible. Anyways, my next story is a sad one, and it's for my friends out in Cali. Uh, California Adventure has announced the ending of A Bug's Land. And we knew that this was coming because I guess they had warned because of the Marvel expansion. But it is sad. Um, For me, you know, it's a very personal thing with A Bug's Life, even though I've never seen this at Disneyland. And I don't have time to go before September the 4th. It will close on September the 4th, but Bug's... Uh, Bugs Life was one was the first movie Kaylee saw at the theater, and so it will always have a special place in my heart. And it makes me sad when things have to go away. And I understand change; it's a walt. You got to change with the times. I get it. But uh, in a post about Pixar Fest, the Disney Parks blog confirmed that yes, September the fourth will be the last day of Bugs Land. So I hope that our friend Lee. I haven't listened. I'm sorry, Lee. Uh, Brad put together your uh, stuff that went out on the air on Monday, but I actually have not had time to listen to it because our lives are are super crazy and I haven't seen if you got to go to Bugs Land one last time. Did you go to Bugs Land when you were there? I did not. Of course you did. So here you want some irony? What's that? Here we go. So Kaylee's first movie was A Bug's Life. Yes. Disney movie. Seen it in the theater? Right. You want to take a guess at Colin's first Disney film that he saw in the theater? Uh Wreck It Raw. Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> I need, hilarious. I need to get a good laugh out of that one. That our listeners, our listeners already know how I feel about Frozen. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a hit then, but you know, you know my feelings now. I just That's don't hilarious. So it won't hold a special place in your heart forever. Oh, I will remember it forever. Oh, I'm sure you will, but <laughs> you anyway, gotta let it go, Nick. I am letting it go. <laughs> Let's talk about Mickey Mouse's official 90th birthday portrait. It's coming. Oh, and you've seen it's already been revealed. No, the the portrait has. I just okay. his birthday. And you saw it, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so I'll, I'll read the article, we'll talk about it, and then I'll give you my opinion on the portrait, okay? I'm 50-50, just think about that going into this. The portrait is titled, Spreading Happiness Around the World, and features Mickey floating over a world full of happiness. The legendary Walt Disney Animation Studios animator Mark Hen was commissioned to create the painting by D23 along with the Walt Disney Archives in partnership with Walt Disney Animation Studios. Hen is currently working on... Ralph Breaks the Internet, but previously worked on Mona, Ariel, Bell, and others. So, he goes on to say, It is one of the greatest, or one, one of the great honors of my career to be asked to paint Mickey's 90th birthday portrait, says Hen. I was greatly inspired by the portrait's painting by John Hench, and I, I wanted to capture some of the same style and sense of youth that John achieved in his portraits. The new portrait will be on the cover of the fall 2018 issue of Disney 20. 20- uh, 23, the quarterly publication sent exclusively to gold members of D23. So this portrait, let's talk about it. We've all, I'm sure we've all seen it. Our listeners have probably seen it. If you haven't, Google it. You'll, you'll find it, right? Just Google 90th birthday portrait. Bingo. It's Mickey holding some balloons, right? Yep. And hovering over, over the, the world, world, right? You see Florida, you see Central and South America, or South, yeah, Central and South America. <laughs> can't believe I just did that. Geography. Right. Um, it's just, eh. When I first looked at it, I'm like, eh, it's okay. I, I guess I, I, I definitely see a style there. It looks awkward to me, the style. It looks like Mickey. It's but very it, faded. It, and I think it's, it's supposed to look that way. You know, uh, the Mickey that's painted in Animal Kingdom that says, what does it say, Ficello or what's that say? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? No, I and don't. I, and I forget what that means. Have a clue. Mm. Mm, who created that? I'm drawing a blank. If Tim was here, he'd be, he'd be shouting at me right now. Uh, in Animal Kingdom, our listeners know what we're talking about. Google it. Go, go find it, Vicky. It's uh, paints on a wall in Animal Kingdom of Mickey. Oh, I think it says Hiya Pal. I think that's what it's saying. Google that right now. You'll find I'm it. Just Google. My, my computer is yeah, super slow. Mickey painting in Animal Kingdom saying Hiya Pal or something. You've seen it. You've walked past it. Our listeners have as well. They know exactly what we're talking about. Um, you will too as soon as you see it. What I'm getting at. It reminds me of that. That is the style of Mickey. It's different. It kind of looks like, and this is no insult, I think this is just the style. Kind of looks like someone in middle school, junior high, you know, painted this up. Um, I'm not saying I can do better. That's not what I'm saying. The style of the painting um, surprises me. For his 90th birthday, um, not that this isn't grand. (laughs) Here I am saying one and saying another. I guess I expected something different. I don't know what I was expecting, actually. I'm trying to find it. Sorry, Nick. It's just... So here you go, Vicky. I just found it. Here it is. Here it is. You see it? Yeah, I see it. Okay. I just... So does that kind of remind you of the style of Hen's painting? Oh, yeah, just a little bit. Okay. So when I first saw it, like I told you, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. I guess I expected something really, really grand. Now, now that I've bashed it and, and everyone's yelling at me, okay, and screaming at me in their car or while they're running or cutting the grass or whatever it may be, I like it more the more that I see it. I come to love the style. It's growing on. Now, why should a painting bother me so much, right? You know, I I guess I just had my own set of expectations and uh, selfish of me to have those expectations. But the more that I see this painting, the more I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I, 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 it's growing on me. I'm, I'm growing to love it. I just, I don't know. I'm with you only because I thought it would be more grand or... Grander, I think, is what we're trying to is say. Is that what we're trying to say? The colors... Our superlatives. I know you said that's the look he's going for, but with technology and the way that everything is now, I would have expected a more vibrant photo. So here's our next question. If it was, would we still be sitting here... <laughs> 
Oh, picking sure it we, apart. We would still pick it apart. <laughs> That's just our job. So I have to tell myself I can't have my cake and want to eat it too, you know? So it's growing on me the more that I've, I've looked at this photo the last few days and I have joined or I have enjoyed it and it's grown on me and I've learned to love it. Sounds really weird talking about a painting and all, but for, you know, I'm going to... So you're going to own it? No, I love... <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but you know me, I love to paint, draw all that good stuff. Right. And uh, so when I look at stuff like this and, I, and it's a 90th celebration of something, wow, it's going to be something really awesome. And right. then you see it and you're like, okay, this is it. You know, okay. Okay. So I you build know. it up I, in your head. You it build- wasn't expected. It wasn't what I expected in my mind for sure. Okay. Same here. But like I said, it reminds me of the painting out there in Animal Kingdom. I think that's the style they're going for. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. I get it. And then once I, that clicks in my head, I'm like, I accept it. Then it really grows on me. All right, enough said. I talked so, too much on a painting. As hard as this is for me to believe, it has been, and I put it in the history, I think a couple weeks ago, the 25th anniversary of Hocus Pocus. I, I can't even wrap my brain around that. I know you were a lot younger than I was when Hocus Pocus came out, but I just remember what a big hit that was. And I think it's become a more and more for more generations because like other movies, movies that Disney has, it becomes a favorite of families like you have to watch it at Halloween or whatever. All that being said, because it is a milestone anniversary, Disney could not pass by without some Disney merchandise. Well, yeah, they got they got a lot of stuff rolling out of the parks at. Right. I wish they would roll out that Toy Story hat that's being that? sold in, in Toy Story Land, and they still haven't. Oh. But the blue one that says Toy Story with the oh. ABC blocks and yes. looks really cool. No, because they want you to come but, to the park. And I will buy it now. October, but they do have some other stuff out. Go ahead and tell our listeners. No, that that was my whole article was that the 25th anniversary had come and that they have some new Hocus Pocus merchandise. Well, with that, so good segue. I want to also talk about they also have the Soaring Around the World merchandise as well. Oh, see, and I didn't see that. Article. So they released they released those two not two not just two items, but what would you call it uh, sets uh, of merchandise. I guess they're they're selling this the Soaring Around the World attraction merchandise, and like you just said, the Hocus Pocus 25th anniversary merchandise is now available on Shop Disney and the Disney Park apps. So, these shirts, so they have shirts, they have charms, they have bags, they have sweaters, they have hoodies, cups. Yeah. Mega expensive, okay? I mean, I'm gonna throw that right off, throw that out there right off the bat. Now, these shirts range, you're, you're gonna be paying like, okay, let's go to bags since it's right here in front of my face. Like, $40 for a bag, which isn't bad. I mean, for a bag, I guess, right? Like, a backpack bag? Um, or just a tote? Like a tote. Uh, I believe it was like a, a cross. Like one of those uh, oh, plastic... Oh, bag. Okay. There actually is a type thing? Yeah. Oh, what's that? It goes across your body? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I... I... <laughs> You're not a woman. Let's go down to t-shirts now. <laughs> t-shirts were around between $30 and $35. That's, that's for, normal, though, For I a think. t-shirt. Uh, and for then you Disney. have mugs that were about $25. Bucks. Now, the Soaring Around the World mugs are amazing. They're really cool. I don't know if I would spend $25 on a mug, maybe, on this one. But it is pretty neat. It's got Mickey with his aviator goggles on and the handles, like uh, the, the tail wing to, to a plane. Oh, okay. It's really cool. Am I painting the picture here for you? Yes. It makes me want to get it. So what else? They have pens that they're selling for $13 and other, let's see here, they have zippered hoodies. $55 for, for a zippered hoodie, which which I think is norm as well, but I, I guess I'm just getting older. The older I get, the, the cheaper exp- you get. Yeah, the more expensive <laughs> these prices start looking. I mean. They gotta make some money so that when they discount the other ones, then they make up for the ones that they didn't uh, get the full price from. Before you start on your next story, can, so while we're talking about like merchandise and Things like that. Can I talk about Toy Story Land since we just mentioned it? Sure. The Monte Cristo sandwich. I heard about this. Yeah. So Woody lost it. It's no longer in his lunchbox. 
I guess it dropped in Sunnyside or something, but it's been removed from his lunchbox. The Monte Cristo Sam Cristo sandwich has been removed because it just wasn't selling them. No one wanted it. And that is like a ham and cheese. It's like a grilled ham and cheese. And I would have thought that would have been a big... Yeah, but like in a... It kind of looked like a pastry to me with ham and cheese in it. Like, it, it's not a pastry, but it, it had the flakiness bread on the outside. And I think they just cut the bread funny. Oh, did they? Okay. I haven't had one. No, I, so I haven't, I haven't had, had one. I'm just looking at the pictures. So, yeah, the pictures that I saw, it just looked like they'd cut the... You know, because kids don't like crust. Right. Well, I make my kids eat the crust, but if you didn't weren't made to eat the crust, then you're used to not having it. And I think that that's why they thought it would be a big seller for kids. It's cheese, it's ham, and it has no crust. All right. What else you got? Uh, while you're on food, I uh, have this story that Fitting. I thought was hysterical. So last Wednesday, when our last news episode aired, was National Hot Dog Day. Did you see this story? I caught wind that it was Wiener Day, but I, but I, didn't, I didn't give two thoughts... You know, I didn't think about it again. I was like, oh, that was Wiener Day. Okay. Because usually there is something on the news that says that because Brad watches the news all the time and we've been watching the news a lot. And he loves wieners. Well, Joey likes the hot dogs, not so much Brad. But anyways, so we know that they normally have the footlong hot dog. You learn something new every day. Casey's Corner. And we've all partaken of it. You just had the naked uh, okay, the Casey's naked dog. dog. I yes. did. We got the Listeners, one with macaroni and cheese. Give them time, Vicky, to make fun of me. Yes, I know. Okay, go on. But on now. National Hot Dog Day, which was July 18th, they had a two-foot-long hot dog. What do you do with a two-foot-long hot dog? Okay, first of all, I can't even eat the foot-long hot dog there. So do you have, I envision two people on each end. The, the guy eating, was holding it himself. in the middle. All these jokes right now that I could just... Yes, I know, but you're going to be nice. Yep. Uh, so they had this two-foot hot dog, and then people were, you know, you usually have the choice of toppings, which I know you didn't get. You just got the classic, but they have chili cheese, and they have macaroni, and then they have the different whatever of the month. Well, because it was two foot, they were allowed to pick two toppings. So half of the one foot of the dog was one thing and the one foot of the dog was the other thing. You could feed a family of four. Like, I don't know about Easily. you, Vicky. I took three bites of my dog and I was full. Honestly. Was well, so I don't eat the bread okay. because the, the hot dog's humongous. And then if you get stuff on it, forget it. You don't need the bread, too. That's just more carbs. But yeah, I just thought it was hilarious. And uh, they didn't show anybody eating the hot dog. I thought maybe they were going to have a follow up story of who was able to consume the two foot hot dog, but they didn't. And the older I get, to be honest with you, I'll tell you what, I can't really do hot dogs like I used to. So you would win that contest. What was like, it? For some July, reason, the they feel like they're very acidic to me. And, and I know they're not. I don't think they are. No. But I tell you what, like I have heartburn like crazy after afterward. From a hot dog. I know. It's nuts, man. It is. You need to eat Mexican food and body, know what heartburn body's really changing, is. dude. That's hilarious. All right. So let's see here. You're nodding at me for another story. And I was not. Oh, I am prepared. Let's go here. I, I want to talk about because I love talking about this every quarter. And you know what I'm talking about. The How injury. much money they made. Well, that too. Oh, okay. And the injury report. Oh, no. I didn't see that. Finally came out for second quarter. Finally released. Least. Let's talk about this. Listeners, we love if, you've a good listened, injury. if you've listened to us for a while, you know that I love talking about the financial reports that come out every quarter and injury reports that come out every quarter, but we only focus on just Disney World. We don't focus on that other place that we don't want to talk about. Let's let's go over to Magic Kingdom. Now, this is a long list, okay? And I'm going to read each one line for line because it's just so much fun. I hope okay. you have as much fun as I do. Magic Kingdom. Where do you want to save Magic Kingdom for last? No, I don't care. I don't do it. Let's save... Okay, let's just start with Magic Kingdom. Got it. April 18th. A of female. This year. Yep. A female, yes, of this year's oh, second yes, quarter report. Quarter. Hello, I'm with you now. 74 years young, she fell ill after riding the Mad Tea Party. She had a pre-existing condition. Okay, so was she spinning the teacup, or did they say? 
I'm sure she was, right? They spin anyway, so either way, if she wasn't actually spinning the cup, she's still spinning. But yeah, but you can make yourself sicker oh, by I making know. it go so Oh, fast. trust me, I know. We we've commented, we all went crazy one year. <laughs> May 23rd, another female, 68 years young, felt dizzy after riding, again, a mad tea party. She also previously had a condition. On June 16th, a male, 15 years of age, super he's a baby, experienced chest pain and shortness of breath before and after riding Splash Mountain. Anxiety, he probably I was, I was going to say, he just probably worked himself up. That would be me and Tower of Terror. No, I'm kidding. No. June 20th, female, 68 years young, felt disoriented and had slurred speech after riding Space Mountain. She also had a pre-existing condition. Let's head over to Animal Kingdom on April 17th. A female, 46 years of age, felt dizzy after riding Dinosaur. April 25th, 27 years of age, female. Guest went into labor after riding Kilimanjaro Safari. How fitting. <laughs> Why is that fitting? I, I envision like the animals all coming over and she walks the circle up. circle of life. Yeah, walks up Pride <laughs> Rock and holds up the baby. You know where the yeah. where the lions are on the yes. rock, you know? I know like, what you're talking about. On the ride. Yes. And the lion just jumps up and snatches it. That's you know? not like, even funny. No, not not like eats it. Oh. Like it becomes one of the, you know, one of the animals. Okay. Yes. I thought you were being gross. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Could you imagine if someone goes on late goes in labor during that ride? Or I was after. It would be better if it was during. Yeah, I I don't know if there's a sign that says you're not supposed to ride that when you're pregnant. Because there's a lot of bumps. Animals could sniff that out. Someone's oh, going yeah. into labor. Someone, you know. Animals know things. That's crazy. How fitting. That's that's a good one. All right. May 19th, 26 years old, a male experienced a seizure after riding Expedition Everest. Rough. That's scary. That's scary. That is very scary. Ooh. May 27th, female, 22 years of old. This guest has a history of dislocating her, her kneecap dislocates, and Ouch. she had a reoccurrence after riding. Expedition Everest. Let's see here. May 28th, a male 18 fell disoriented after riding Flight of Passage. Who doesn't, right? Uh, <laughs> previous existing condition. I don't think you even have to have one to feel a little disoriented after a little bit. June 7th, a female, 62 years of age, suffered nausea and vomiting on Kilimanjaro Safari. She must have been watching it watching that lady go into labor. <laughs> June 17th, a male 58 years old vomited after riding the dinosaur attraction. He also had a previous condition. Heading over to Epcot. We have three other places after that. We have Hollywood Studios, Typhoon Lagoon, and Blizzard Beach. June 10th, only only one incident, by the way, this whole quarter. At least that was reported. June 10th, a male 43 years old guest experienced a brief loss of consciousness after riding Mission Space. I wonder if they rode orange and not green. I'm sure. This person pre- they had existing medical issues. Disney Hollywood Studios now. May 6th, the male 57 guest had chest pain and shortness of breath after riding Star Tours. And we've heard that before. The Hans got sick. Yes. Uh, he also had a previous existing condition. Over at Typhoon Lagoon, May 23rd, a male 25, a guest fractured an ankle while going down Mayday Falls water slide. Ouch. I know, that would hurt. Blizzard Beach is the last one. Thank you for bearing with me, Vicky and listeners. June 10th, a male, 70 years old, had a heart attack and passed away after experiencing Meltaway Bay. Oh. Previous existing heart condition. Now, this is one I didn't hear about in the news. And we no. Didn't, we didn't report on this one. No, it wasn't widely publicized. That's sad. sad. Yeah. That's very sad. I mean, well, we're dealing with sadness here over something that wasn't normally, uh, you know, a travel thing. Branson, I know Lee contacted us, people, and you know that I go to Branson a lot. Nick does not. It's not his favorite place, but I have rode those ducks. I can't even tell you how many times in my lifetime and with my children even. And uh, yeah, our hearts are out to those families in prayers because, you know, you're going on a vacation just like this guy was on a vacation at Disney World, had no idea. And, 
you know, you just don't know when your time's going to be up. My next story right underneath that, after this person passed away, Monte Cristo sandwich removed from Woody's lunchbox. Oh, I actually have one while we're on uh, sadness. Uh-oh. So the Beauty and the Beast original star, Gary Beach of from Broadway, he passed away. And uh, he was 70 years old. Wow, 70? Yeah. He was mostly most known for the producers, and that's what got him an award, a Tony. But he was also nominated for his work in the Beauty and the Beast. And uh, Okay, so. I, I want to talk about one here. Man, where is it? Oh, here we go. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We all know director James Gunn has been fired. He's been canned over some tweets, and it was all over the news this weekend. Yes, this was a big controversy in the news this morning. James Gunn has been fired. So I'll read it as is, and then I'm going to read it again, but we're going to pretend we didn't. We don't know it's James Gunn, because I'm going to refer it to a different story, and we're going to compare it to another story that happened last week as well, and this person was allowed to still keep their job. So James Gunn fired as director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three after some old tweets have resurfaced. Gunn joked about some controversial topics here and uh, things that I would never talk about or even joke about, right? Like, these are some pretty disgusting things. Uh, pedophilia. Right. All right. Rape. Right? Right. And he has since deleted these tweets. Walt Disney Studios chairman Alan Horn said in a state, the offensive attitudes and statements discovered on James Twitter feed are indefensible and inconsistent with our studio's values and we have severed our business relationship. Before Gunn deleted his account, he also tweeted, I make provocative movies and telling jokes that are outrageous and taboo. As I have discussed uh, publicly many times, as I developed as a person, so has my work and my humor. I don't find this humorous at all, you know? I know, but there are a lot of people. I mean, some of the comedians that are out there, I don't, I'm offended by the things that they say, but people laugh and laugh and think they're hilarious. So I think it's disgusting. Right. Right. So let's take away James Gunn out okay. of the picture. Let's say employee A hired by Disney tweets, says disgusting things, right? Right. These were prior. These were brought up. Right. So let, good point. From the past. So this is prior. This is before he worked for Disney. Disney. Right. Disney cans him. Okay. Employee B contracted by Disney currently tell someone on a live show, go F yourself, F you, get the F out of here and spits on that person and goes off on this person. Would you, would you think that Disney would fire employee B? As yeah. Well? Okay. Disney has not. And who is this? person. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. Last week with Judge Jeannie from Fox. Okay. She won on The View. She was supposed to be discussing her book. Whoopi Goldberg started bringing up some questions about Trump. So Jeannie was just stating facts. Right. And that's exactly what they were. None of it was her opinion. Right. She's stating simply facts. I know we state facts here and we, we dish out our opinions and stuff right. like that. Jeannie's smart enough to know. Stick to the facts. Whoopi couldn't take it. I don't know if you saw it. It's all over YouTube. I did not see I, this. I, I saw to watch it though. She took her, she even took her cards that were on her desk in the front of her and ripped them. Then it was reported by everyone that was there because it made it made news all over the place. She followed Janie, told her to get the F out of here, go F yourself and spit on her. You know, here's so the thing. Why isn't that- Disney canning her from the candlelight? Why aren't they cutting ties with Whoopi? Well, this is what I want to know because they fired Roseanne. Right. Over tweets You know well. that's going to that's gonna come up. That is just wrong. But I heard this morning that the gun guy, all the people that worked on Guardians of the Galaxy, they've started a petition and they said that they will not 
work for anybody else. They will not finish episode three or so. Here's my third opi- part. Here's my opinion about Whoopi. Disney's scared. They're not going to fire her. Yeah, they are scared. And you know, Disney's really showing who they are. Right? They'll fire this guy over some things he said before he worked for Disney. But she's currently working for ABC. Yeah. Right. And she does the candlelight stuff. She's the spokesperson. Oh, yeah. She's she's the person that's put up on a pedestal. She's the one leading it, and she's acting in the manner in which she is acting on national television. And then furthermore, when when the air is done and they're off air and it's reported by everyone in the building and it comes out in statements and she is not denying it. And the things that she said and did to someone, we're not talking typing. We're talking you physically did it. Right. And Disney is not canning her. Shame on Disney. That's all I got to say. It's wrong. You don't spit on Disney somebody. is showing their true colors right now. Oh, it's killing me. Let's change to something else, Nick. So... Yeah. Star Wars, Cl- The Clone Wars is coming to the Disney streaming service. Did you see this this week? I did. And Hefe, our Star Wars guru, called me right away. So at the San Diego Comic-Con, they announced that Disney, uh, The Clone Wars was going to start joining the, this upcoming streaming service. Fans at the panel were shown a brief teaser and it ended with the hashtag Clone Wars Save. And afterward, the trailer was released on the Star Wars YouTube channel. So if you did not get to see it, obviously, if you weren't at Comic-Con, then go on the YouTube channel and you can watch it. And according to StarWars.com, the new episode will have 12 episodes. It's unclear exactly when the show will make its return, but the site confirms that the new season will premiere on Disney streaming service, which is set to debut in 2019. It had been canceled after five seasons, but people had been, I guess, Star Wars fans had been writing in. And Clone Wars were amazing. Colin and I watched every single episode. Simply awesome. I'm so, glad they're coming back. Good. Colin loves stormtroopers and, and clone troopers. You know, kids just do. They love the troopers. And for it to come back. Colin well, loves anything Star Wars because you do. And he, Well, here's the thing, though. It wasn't me. Like, I did not introduce Colin to Star Wars. He found it himself. You know, I've told you the story. The listeners know the story. He was flipping through the television one day. He was young. He was a kid. I mean, well, he still was a kid. I mean, <laughs> he was like three. He's a big second grader right. now. Oh, my gosh. He's so seven. <laughs> Six was so so yesterday. So here he is. He's flipping through the television and he sees Darth Vader. He's like, who's that, Dad? And so I explain it's Darth Vader. He's asking, what is this? I'm like, it's Star Wars. And he wanted to watch it. So he watched the entire thing, right? It was one of the marathon weekends. Oh, okay. So another one came on. He wanted to watch it. And it was cute because I'd, I'd go upstairs, you know, and I'd fix him some lunch and stuff. I'd come back downstairs. He's behind the couch with just his eyes above the couch <laughs> behind it, blinking, watching because he's kind of scared, but he wants to watch it. I'm like, honey, you know, I have all, the, all these on Blu-ray, you know? And he didn't know. He didn't know I had it. So we started watching them, you know? And, and Aaron's so in, thankful for that. He fell in love with it. <laughs> yes, this is great. I love having a son. That's hilarious. I have one more story, and I'm not sure how many you have left, Vicky, but I'll go ahead and read the story, and you can go ahead and continue with your history. I'm talking about Disney Photo Pass Day returning to Walt Disney World and Disneyland on August 19th. The Disneyland Parks blog just announced that Disney Photo Pass will be returning this year on August 19th at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Disneyland, you're going to get some love. Throughout the day, Photo Pass photographers will be available to take pictures of guests at limited time photo opportunities. The specifics have not yet been announced, so stay tuned to us for more details, listeners. We'll be talking about this as it is released. Disney is encouraging guests to use the hashtag DisneyPhotoPassDay throughout the day to go ahead and look at all the photos. Last year, for the Disney Photo Pass Day, there was special animated magic shots, limited time backdrops, one day only character experiences with the genie, Maleficent, the evil queen, Corella DeVille, Captain Hook, and there's a whole bunch of other characters as well. 
This is coming to Disneyland as well. Disneyland's getting some love. And what day is it? I'm sorry. It is going to be on August 19th. Too bad we're not going to be there. We'll be at school. We will be in school, but I will be there about a month and a half after that. So this is what I'm hoping you can partake of so that you can talk more about this. And that is that the new spooky experience is coming to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So they not only have they added more nights, they've added some new experiences. So on Pirates of the Caribbean, there's going to be new pirate uh, invasion experiences. So from what I'm understanding, the real life people are going to be dressed like pirates and they're going to talk with the sailing guests. I don't know if they're going to jump on your little... They need more of that. That's something Tim and I talked about last year was we wanted more involvement with cast members. And it's kind of crazy because I'm sure there were other guests that kind of felt the same way and maybe offer suggestions in the suggestion box, you know. But I'm glad Disney's doing this because it'll give you that personal interactive feel. That's just one of the things. The other thing is the Mad Tea Party uh, is going to take guests on a colorful teacup ride as special lighting and other effects uh, are going to happen when you're spinning your teacup. So that'll be cool. Kind of be like a disco dance party in the Mad. Really neat. That's cool. (laughs) Explorers will visit... Space Mountain will hurtle the through the deep space as a new soundtrack and more transform into adventure while you're riding the ride. Something different, something I know you will not be partaking of. So you'll have to send Tim on there so he can let us know. And then Storybook, Storybook Circus welcomes the Storybook Circus Disney Junior Jam, a dance party featuring favorite Disney Junior characters, including Doc McStuffins. This year also marks, which I talked about earlier in the podcast, the 25th anniversary. So they will be having some more hocus pocus villain spectacular at the cinderella castle for court stage and the sanderson sisters will be putting a spell on you i really wish and and tim and i talked about this too while we were out there for these nights that they have you know uh mickey's not so scary halloween it'd be really neat if they would dress up the haunted mansion to nightmare before christmas kind of theme it yeah they didn't theme it last year and uh you know i believe they do over at disneyland they do and I really wish they would do that over at Disney World. Now, there's a lot of stuff that Disneyland does not get that Disneyland do- or Disney World does. Right. But that is just one thing I really wish they'd bring to Disney. That is all the news I That's have you for have? you to use. All right. Well, is that time? So, Vicki, well, why don't you take us back? Here we go. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So, if your imagination is ready, here we go. July 25th, 1959, the Ernest S. Marsh locomotive, which is engine number four, takes his first inaugural run around Disneyland at the hands of the chief engineer, Walt Disney. How cool is that? Walt Disney engineered the train, I guess is what you want to say around Disneyland. Wouldn't you like to be on that train? Or I would have. That would have been awesome, yeah. Sorry, I I wasn't quite listening to you. Neither one of us were alive in 1959, but how cool would that have been to be on the novel run of the train and know it's engineered by Walt himself? Pretty special. I mean, you can watch videos of him taking his kids around his backyard and and on train, but it's not the same. So, July 26th, 2002, Disney's movie The Country Country Bears debuts at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood, California. We've talked about this before. I think that you always make fun of me about the the, uh, Country Bears, but even you yourself partook of the experience this time when you went with your family. I did. I was just trying to consume and and enjoy as much as I could, and uh, it was you know, air conditioned as well, which is a party bonus. But I really, you know, I did it for Colin because I'm, he likes it. 
Alright, so he loves con- the Contra Bear Jamboree. And, uh, it, I need to show him the movie. He would it like was it. fun. You know, I was shocked on how much he actually remembered from the trip before because he was warning me of things that would happen right before they would happen. That's funny. And I'm like, how do you remember? I, even I couldn't remember it. You know, and he I've has seen my it. memory. I love that. Yeah. Oh, he has an amazing memory. <laughs> yes, I know. It's awesome. July the 27th, 1955, future Disney legend Bill Sully Sullivan officially starts working at Disneyland as a ticket taker on the Jungle Cruise at the age of 19. And after three years of him working as a jungle bunny, he became part of Disney's management. Sully will later work on the Winter Olympics in Squaw Valley and the New York World's Fair. Eventually, he will be relocated to Florida to assist with the opening of the Walt Disney World Magic's Kingdom. How cool is that? And he was named the vice president of Magic Kingdom in 1987. So he started out as a ticket taker. Well, back in the day, you could work your way up like that. I don't know if it really happens that much anymore today, to be honest with you. I don't think anybody's around long enough for it to happen. I don't feel like. I feel like we're always moving people, movers and shakers. I mean, especially Disney, you know. Disney, they go out and they find their experts now, nowadays. I don't know. And, and maybe it's still out there, Vicky. But I know back in the day, when they, you know, when Disney first started with Disneyland and Disney World and stuff, if you did stick around for a while, you worked your way up the ladder. Nowadays, just from speaking with, you know, former Imagineers and employees that worked for Disney, right. former cast members, Disney, their their formula has changed. They go out and they find their experts and bring them in. You know, it's not really the days of the old where you could start off taking tickets. And you work your way up the ladder. And that's how it should be. July 28, 2003, retired astronaut Buzz Aldrin of the famous Apollo 11 crew takes the controls aboard Mission Space at Epcot during the filming of an ABC television segment that features the new attraction. How amazing that would be. That would be awesome to see Buzz Aldrin. He's passed on since then, right? 2003, I think he did. I'll have to look it up and go back and I should have done that before. Sorry, sorry, listeners. I just occurred to me while I was reading it. July 29th, 2011, the removal of the Golden Gate Bridge facade at Disney's California Adventure is completed. An iconic remnant of the original concept of the park. The removal began 10 days earlier with work taking place overnight after the theme park closed. And California Adventure is in the midst of a project to retheme the park to give it a more Disney feel. I thought that was interesting that they had the Golden Gate Bridge unless they just wanted to incorporate California into the park is the only thing that I could figure out. Because I I know that Lee had mentioned at one time the the Golden Gate Bridge facade to us. They had just... uh taken that down before I made it out there back in 2000, early 2000. Oh, okay. So, it was, right. yeah, so it's very recent. July 30th, 1932, Disney's first full-color animated film and the studio's first Technicolor cartoon, Flowers and Trees, premieres at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood, and I know that you showed this to your students before. Which is pra- which was practice for all the animators for a film that was coming just five years later, Snow White. It was Snow White. Yep. It had words and singing. <laughs> July 31st, 1997, Bob Penfield, the last original Disneyland cast member, put in his final day of work. He was honored with a window on Main Street. Penfield began working at Disneyland when he was 18 on July 1955. Wow. How Guy cool is his, that? He has seen history right before his eyes. I mean, probably more than he even imagined. Right. What a life to live, too. How cool a is fun that? job. Super, super cool. That was some fun news, Nick. Well, listeners, be sure to listen to Friday's show as we answer some of your listener questions that you have sent us. You just never know. Maybe it will be your question, too. If you have a question, comment, or want to be a guest on our next show, simply text us 407-674-0414. 
or email us, mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to book your trip and you want that free quote, just text us again, 407-674-0414. Or you can contact us, travel, at mousecapadespodcast.net. Remember to check out our friends at waltexpress.com for all things Disney. And as always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades Podcast. Well, Vixter, I think it's about that time. Peace. And love. Have a a magical magical day, day, my my friends. You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. And have a magical day.